This is It Was a Thing on TV. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the dregs of humanity. Episode 245, submission number 855, Kath and Kim. Kath and Kim aired on NBC from October 9th, 2008 to March 12th, 2009 for 17 episodes. It's Kath and Kim. It's Kath and Kim. That person's Kath. That one's Kim. It's Kath and Kim. Thank you, Paul. Yeah, baby, it's Kath and Kim. Oh, geez. And now here's Dave. We could not find a theme song for the American version of Kath and Kim, so you will have to settle for that crappy placeholder version that Mike just sung. Well, folks, it is Lost in Translation Week again. Yes, this is the second annual Lost in Translation Week, and we're beginning with a show that was big in Australia. And when we say big in Australia, we mean huge. Yeah. And Kath and Kim, in its second, third, and fourth seasons, was the number one ranked show in Australia. Its first season was just 15th. But it was the number one show in Australia. Listen to these numbers. This isn't a number one show in the United States by any stretch. In its uh, second season, average viewers, 1.755 million. And that was number one in Australia. Wow. Well, there are only so many people in Australia. Yeah, there's only so many people in Australia. It's certainly not the population of the United States. But uh, in its final season, the fourth season... Again, ranked number one, average 2.127 million viewers. Yep. And certainly uh, popular enough to spawn both a made-for-TV movie and a theatrical movie. Yeah. And also, they did get some very quality uh, guest stars on Kath and Kim, uh, in the Australian version, that is. Do you want to hear some names? I want to hear some names. So some of the big names that were guests on the original version of Catherine Kim, listen to these names. These are big. Uh, Eric Bana. The big bad on the first uh, Star Trek J.J. Abrams movie. And the Hulk of the 2003 Ang Lee version. Yeah, and the names only get bigger from there. How about Michael Buble? The singer? Yeah, Michael Buble, the singer. I didn't know he ever did a TV show. I think that's crazy. Well, technically, it was the TV movie, but I see what you're getting at. Well, yeah, yeah, you know where I'm going. Mm-hmm. And Kylie Minogue, who's like, just like maybe one of those perpetually popular Australians. Oh yeah. And the Wiggles, and gosh knows the Wiggles were huge back in like 2004, 2005. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you've got uh, other more local celebrities uh, to Australia. Like Rove McManus, and as much as I hate saying his name because he's had uh, a rough time the last few years, Andrew O'Keefe, the yep. Chase Dealer No Deal down in Australia. Yep. So yep. by no means did they like not get good guest stars. These are quality names, especially like I said, Michael Bublé and Kylie Minogue. I'm sorry, that's like super huge. And also had a really good time slot Thursdays at seven thirty. On the ABC. The Australian version of ABC. Yeah, yeah, not ABC, the ABC. The Australian Broadcasting Corporation. Yeah. Before it moves to uh, Channel 7 for uh, its fourth and final season. Yeah, that's actually where they got uh, Andrew O'Keefe because 7 is where Deal or No Deal aired. And uh, they actually did an episode where Kath and Kim went on Deal or No Deal. Ah, how'd that work out for him? You know, it's been like 15 years since I've seen it. So I really can't answer. I, I don't remember them winning big money, but oh. one of them was the, the one chosen to play the game. Shocker, I know. But 15 years. I'm sorry. It's been a long time. I get it. I get it. So yeah, this show was huge in Australia and you know, just like anything else, if it's huge in Australia or England or 
wherever, it's going to make its way eventually to the United States. Yep. After all, look what happens to The Office uh, in 2005. But also, I mean, how many other shows could qualify under this Lost in Translation week just in the last, like, 10 to 15 years? Plenty. Let's just say I'm already thinking about next year. (laughs) We're looking right at you, small fortune. Yep. (laughs) No spoilers there. Sorry. We haven't done the schedule uh, for next year at this point. Not yet, though. Not yet. But enough about the really good version, which, by the way, actually aired on Trio in the U.S. before it was picked up by Sundance when Trio went under. Let's talk about the American version. Well, also, wasn't Trio part of the NBC Universal family? Yes, it was part of the NBC Universal family. Okay, so Um, I I believe NBC Universal bought it from the CBC. Okay, but that's at least a natural transition, keeping it within the family, if you will. Corporate Mm -hmm. synergy and all. So let's talk about this one that came from the original creators, Gina Riley and Jane Turner, who originally played Kath and Kim. They served as consultants and executive producers on this version, along with series developer Michelle Nader, who does not have a page on Wikipedia. So original series creators, Gina Riley and Jane Turner, who played Kath and Kim in the Australian version, served as executive producers and consultants alongside Michelle Nader, who right now is actually hard at work doing a really good show on Hulu right now, Dolphins. And I'll tell you right now, she has been really, really busy as of late. She's done Be Positive, Two Broke Girls, The King of Queens, Dharma and Greg, Caroline in the City. She's done a whole lot. But mostly Dollface because that's on Hulu right now and it's really, really good. I believe the second season just dropped. Well, and also take a look at who they got to direct the pilot. This is a name... We did not mention that long ago. We mentioned it would have been what about a week and a half, two weeks ago. That would be podcast favorite Paul Feig. And as we said previously, he was behind the Ghostbusters movie in 2016. Uh, we mentioned he was on Pyramid back in 1985, but also the relevance uh, that we mentioned a few weeks ago was he was one of the male escorts on the Chris is a male escort episode of get a life (laughs) yeah we all have to start somewhere indeed and is there any better place to start than get a life with chris elliott and all the goofiness that goes on in that uh, series i'm thinking no i'd take it immediately that that was good television and that was a good episode if you haven't listened to that episode go back download it listen we had a lot of fun. It was a long episode, but it was very b- bizarre, unpredictable. Yep. But anywho, getting back to Kath and Kim in the United States. This had uh, Gina Riley, Jade Turner, and Michelle Dater behind it. And for the cast, they got Molly Shannon, Selma Blair, John Michael Higgins, Mikey Day, Justina Machado, and Melissa Rauch. And if you don't know who any of those people are, what podcast are you listening to? Mike, you were doing some research on this show. This was actually in development at NBC for a long time, I think. Yeah, for uh, almost two years. Uh, on uh, November 9th of 2006, NBC announced that they were going to do the U.S. version of Kath and Kim. And it didn't premiere, like Chico said, until October 9th of 2008. So it took almost two years for this to get on the air. Yep. And it was done by the same people who brought Ugly Betty and The Office to the U.S. And both of those, well, obviously we know about The Office. We talked about that. But wasn't Ugly Betty uh, done in a foreign country before it came here? Ugly Betty is one of those rare instances where you have a scripted series that is franchised all over the globe. The original, of course, was... uh, Yo soy Betty La Fea, uh, and that was, if I'm not mistaken, 
uh, an Argentine series. No, it was a Colombian series. I'm sorry. It was syndicated all over the world. Uh, India, Lithuania, Poland, Bulgaria, Romania, Japan, Switzerland, Georgia, Czech Republic, China, Philippines, Turkey, all over the place. By the way, the Japanese name of the show, Betty Aito Uragiri no Hisho Jitsu. And I am sorry if I screwed that up. I was going to ask for a translation, but I, I'm afraid to ask for one. That would be Betty, the Secretarial Office of Love and Betrayal. Okay. <laughs> yeah, by the way, Ugly Betty, that's never green covered on this show. Oh, no. Never no, never, that. never, never. Never, never, never. But yeah, um, Kath and Kim, certainly the formula that worked for Ugly Betty and The Office would work again with uh, Ben Silverman, Howard Owens, and the folks at Reveille for Kath and Kim, right? You'd hope. You would. You all. You would hope. And and the funny thing is, NBC wanted to air the show in 2007, but they sat on it for a while. But a funny thing happens on the way to development hell. Ben Silverman, who is the head of Reveille, was picked up by the network. He was literally picked up by the network. He was appointed NBC's new head of entertainment. Of course, one of the things he wanted to do, he got to do, and that would be revive American Gladiators. Brother! Another thing he got to do was order Kath and Kim to series based on the pilot. And so that's exactly what they did. And it wasn't anything like what they did with Coupling a few years ago. Go back to the uh, archives for that episode. They went pretty much, well, they went more or less off of original scripts, only adapting Australian episodes as is necessary. And also, we should mention that Kath and Kim, based on the title, you may think that they're best friends or roommates or some sort of relation like that. Nope, it's a mother and daughter show. Yep. And the kicker is... The mother-daughter relationship, the mother-daughter dynamic, not just played out in front of the cameras, but also behind the cameras. Because Jane Turner, who played Kath, and Gina Riley, who played Kim, were around the same age. And that would translate over to the U.S. version, where Kath, played by Molly Shannon, is eight years older than Kim who's played by Selma Blair. Well, we should also say the Australian version, Jane Turner is only five months older than Gina Riley. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not an eight-year difference. It's a five-month difference. And the thing of it is, Molly Shannon, I believe, was made to look older, and Selma Blair was made to look younger. And also, this isn't anything new to television. No. if You, it, you know, if you go back... And look at like Red Fox and Demond Wilson. Red Fox was like in his mid 40s when he did Sanford and Son. And uh, even if you look at like Good Times with John Amos, John Amos looked a lot older naturally, I believe, than like the 38 or 39 he was when he started uh, on uh, Good Times. So and uh, as the role looked a lot younger. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with me? My name is Florida. Florida. That's the name of a state. So now that we got the age differences out of the way, uh, let's talk about some characters. We talked about Molly Shannon and we talked about Selma Blair. Mm-hmm. And we did mention some of the other characters, but let's uh, just identify who they are and, uh, and then start uh, looking at some shows. Yeah. Uh, like we said, Molly Shannon plays Kath Day who is this basically bohemian, old soul, hip mother who is really, really bubbly. I mean, she is middle-aged, but she has the uh, mindset of like a teenager almost. 
And then you have Selma Blair, by contrast, who plays Kim Day. Actually, she plays Kim Baker, nay, Kim Day, Kath's daughter, who is, in contrast, very selfish and kind of put uponing. And I know Chico said his line earlier, but Molly Shannon, if you don't remember, she was an SNL member for years back in the 90s and early 2000s. And Selma Blair, she was Liz Sherman on Hellboy, among other things. And of course, she is Zoe. She is the titular Zoe on future entry, Zoe, Duncan, Jack, and Jane. Other players include uh, Bill Knight, who is Kath's boyfriend, played by John Michael Higgins, who you would know as a school principal on Saved by the Bell by day, and by night, he hosts America Says on the Game Show Network. And he was also David Letterman in The Late Shift. Oh, we got Letterman, and he got studs. You can have studs or Letterman. And also, uh, John Michael Higgins was Mentok the Magnificent on Harvey Birdman Attorney at Law. What? Yeah, he was. You didn't know that? I might have known it. I just forgot. Yeah, he was Mentok. Who are you? You know who I'm talking about. I know you're talking about. I know you're talking about. I want to make sure Chico knows who I'm talking about. I know you're talking about. Yeah. Judge Mentok. Yeah. See, I remember that. Mentok the Mind Reader or whatever it was. Yeah. But hey, Craig Baker, the person who married Kim Day or Kim Day Baker... Mikey Day. There's a lot of days in here. We got Kim Day, Kathy Day, Mikey Day. Mikey Day played Craig Baker. And again, where would we know Mikey Day? We've talked about him. Oh, he's Uh, now on Saturday Night Live. Well, he's on Saturday Night Live, but also we brought him up in the David S. Pumpkins Halloween special. That's right. And we constantly bring him up on this podcast because he was in that Nugenic sketch. What the hell is that? That's Nugenics. Oh, now you're interested. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, never gets old. <laughs> now, there was one character that didn't make the translation from Australia to the U.S., and that would be the put-upon best friend, Sharon Streklecki, played by Magda Zabansky who you would know as uh, in Babe, Babe, Pig in the City, Happy Feet, and Happy Feet 2. Apparently, she had a problem with her casting, so they just didn't bring the character over. But they do have two other characters. In the role of Angel, we have Justina Machado, who you would remember from One Day at a Time, the uh, Netflix version. Oh, the Rita Moreno version. Mm-hmm. Oh, I missed that. Moment of silence. Moment going. Next! And playing the role of Tina, we have Melissa Rausch, who was in uh, about half of the episodes of a little show on CBS called The Big Bang Theory. Hey, isn't it a good thing that this show failed? Because if this was a success, she would have never been on The Big Bang Theory. Yeah, and by extension, she would never have been cast as Harry Stone's daughter in the upcoming Night Court reboot. It's very possible. You're right. That was for you, Mike. I can't wait for this reboot. I hope it's good. And I still hope they get Brian Bosworth to play Bull Shannon. That would be awesome. Now, the original Kath and Kim took place in a fictional suburb of Melbourne, if I'm not mistaken. And while it was originally supposed to be set in Phoenix, there was never a real sort of attempt made to peg down a location, a city of action, if you will. Although there are references to Central Florida for some reason. Okay, so, now that you have all the background, let's talk about episodes, shall we? Sure, we got 17 of them. Yep. Settle in, this is going to be fun. Our first one is called Love, and this was the pilot. 
Mother Kath has finally found love in the form of a sandwich shop owner named Phil Knight, while daughter Kim is now newly separated from her husband of six weeks, Craig. When Kim decides to move back home, she starts pulling a damper on Kath's new romance and learns that her former room has just been remodeled. Oh, no, wait. Phil Knight is a sandwich shop owner. Mm-hmm. I thought he was the guy who founded Nike. You must be talking about a different Phil Knight there. Did I make a very obscure reference? Phil Knight is the head of Nike. Yeah, yeah. That's the joke. Yep. And uh, no names of note because this is just a pilot. But I noticed something that uh, IMDb picked up, and that is the pilot has a 2007 model Toyota Camry. Subsequent episodes would have a 2002 model. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Oh, by the way, episode one was based on the Australian episode Sex. Hence its alternate title, Love. Episode two, Respect. This is the first of the original scripts. Kath wants to put her home salon business on the map, and Phil helps her do so by getting her a booth at a local mall event. Meanwhile, Kim gets Craig fired from his job, forcing him to work at a less desirable cinnamon bun shop. After another argument, Craig leaves to attempt to get his old job back, and Kim gets banned from the mall. Boy, I wonder what cinnamon bun shop they're talking about. Oh, obviously there's a Mrs. Fields at play here. Wink, wink. And this is the first time we see uh, Melissa Roush as Tina in this show, so there you go. Episode 3 Old. This is based on the episode of the same name from the Australian version. Kath is excited about planning her flamboyant wedding to Phil but is later made insecure by Kim's remarks about how she might be too old for a big wedding. Meanwhile, Kim must deal with insecurities of her own when she begins to think that her husband might be having an affair. Hold on for a second. Just just, just hold on for a second. If Kim and Craig are estranged, why should she care? You got me. I'm shrugging my shoulders too. Basically. But this is the first episode where we see uh, Justina Machado as Angel. Episode four. Money, based on the uh, Australian version of the same name. Phil creates a new sandwich at work, naming it after Kath and himself. But his marketing does not lead to a popular sandwich. Kim decides she wants to get back together with Craig when she learns that breeding his dog can produce large amounts of cash. These plans come under fire when her friend, who's trying to get in the good graces of a man working at the pound, Brings over a small group of dogs when Craig's dog is in heat. Uh oh. Uh oh. There you go. I had to put Susan in there. Meanwhile, Kath finds that her plans for a flamboyant wedding are more expensive than she had thought. Kath has her eyes on an expensive pumpkin carriage, but despite working overtime at her salon, she cannot earn the money needed to reserve the carriage. Bill, on the other hand, has been left at the altar more than once and is reluctant to have a large wedding after the experiences. Understandable. When Phil learns through Kim that Kath cannot afford her dream wedding, he arrives with the carriage wearing a fairy tale style tuxedo. The two profess that they want the kind of wedding the other one wants. And Kim seems actually impressed by this, despite her dislike of Phil. Okay, so wait. A new sandwich is created by Phil... Mm-hmm. And naming it after Kathan himself. Uh-huh. Well, based on what I've seen of him on America Says, I'm guessing one of the ingredients in that sandwich has to be a ham. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I went there. You totally did. Now, there is one name in this episode. In the role of Ruth, we have one Stephanie Courtney. Now, that name will not sound familiar unless you are a frequent watcher of the progressive commercials. 
I know who she is. I well, know. obviously, once you say uh, progressive ads, we all know who she is. Uh, she's Flo. She's Flo. Yes. Yeah. Episode five, dating. This is another original episode. Kath grows paranoid when she thinks that Phil is keeping secrets from her. Meanwhile, Kim decides that she will not get back together with Craig until he gets rid of his dog. Oh, hold up. One second. First, she's trying to breed his dog. Now she's trying to get rid of it. Uh-oh. To teach him a lesson, Kim joins her friend Tina in speed dating. And of course, that would be uh, Melissa Roush's Tina. Episode 6, Jealousy. This is uh, based on the Australian episode, Shower. Kath feels jealous when Phil's best friend Sandy visits. Meanwhile, Craig begins to stand up Kim and her endless requests. And let me see if I can't um, get the episode capsule for Shower. I want to see what this... Ah, the Shower. Kim is upset when her best friend Tina can't come to the baby shower. She says she has to stay home because of a pencil in her eye. Sharon takes a shine to Kel's best friend. Kel, by the way, is Phil's uh, Australian paralog. Sandy, but Sandy seems more interested in Kath. Okay, so that rates. A pencil in the eye? A pencil in her eye. Which, if you pencil your eyes, I can totally see. Okay, now you see, the teacher in me thought you were actually talking about a pencil pencil, not a... Uh, like an eyeliner pencil or what have you. Well, it could be either. Well, one of them makes a lot more sense than the other. Okay. But, but of course, to me, yeah, the, the, the one that doesn't make sense makes actually a lot of sense because I've seen some of the stupid stuff my students have done. <laughs> Just saying. I mean, it's, it's, it's true. Episode seven. Gay based on the episode of the same name in Australia, Kath encounters a gay couple while shopping for her wedding. Kim's friendship with a former classmate piques Kath's curiosity, and Phil struggles with insecurity. Well, hold on. Uh, about uh, the insecurity that uh, Phil has, mm -hmm. uh, apparently it's related to some unwanted body hair that he decides to remove. Oh, wow. Oh my. Well, I don't hey, know if it's that body care. hair, but yeah. Hey, some people care, all right? And uh, we have a couple of names in this episode. Uh, playing the role of Karen is Robin Thede, who has been in everything from a Black Lady sketch show to The Nightly Show with Larry Wilmore. And playing in the role of Penny Peterson is Catherine Reitman, who is known for, let's see, she was in Blackish, Working Moms, Family Guy, and seven episodes as Maureen Ponderosa on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, Maureen Ponderosa, what a, I'm going to say it, what a bitch. Greg, you know what I'm talking about. What are you talking about? You Marine don't know the Ponderosa. whole thing with Maureen Ponderosa and how she married, uh, I think it was Mac, while she was still married to another guy. And Oh, yeah. Yeah, on a totally sunny, yeah. Yeah, the whole Maureen Ponderosa thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Isn't that the episode? Did uh, her character get, like, murdered? Uh, I believe so at one point. But yeah. she was also going through a very messy divorce and... There were a number of goofy episodes revolving around Maureen Ponderosa. Yeah, yeah, because there was the uh, Making Dennis Reynolds a Murderer episode, which is a parody of Making a Murderer, which is about her death and how Dennis may have allegedly done it. Right. Yeah, I said yeah. Mac. I, I meant Dennis, yes. Yeah, and then there's, uh, of course, her transitioning into a cat. That's It's always sunny for you. Episode 8, Sacrifice. The stress from wedding planning is taking its toll on Kath and giving her insomnia. 
Bill suggests that Katz visit his life coach and spiritual advisor, Athena Scooberman, played by, are you ready for this? Big name. Maya Rudolph. Katz agrees and is quickly taken with Athena and her teachings, but Bill soon realizes that his advice may have been a big mistake. Meanwhile, Kim must pay her outstanding parking tickets in order to get a boot removed from her car. And instead of paying the price, she asks Craig to help her get out of the bind, no matter the cost. Didn't we learn anything from the episode uh, where uh, Homer and uh, the family go to New York City on The Simpsons and Homer really has to go to the bathroom and he parks right in front of the World Trade Center and accumulates a whole bunch of tickets and a boot on his car. And he's just so upset. He drives with a boot on his car and just totally screws up his vehicle. Did we learn nothing from that episode? Apparently, we learned nothing from that episode. Don't mess with the boot on the car. Pay the fine. I've seen enough episodes of Parking Wars to know better. It's not worth it. Just pay the fine and be on your way. Yeah. Don't damage your car. That's going to be expensive. It will be expensive. Episode 9. Halfway home, folks. Friends. Kath and Phil invite the security guard from the mall and his wife to a Christmas party in an attempt to develop more couple friends. Meanwhile, Craig and Kim are having trouble holding on to a friend. And Pamela Anderson makes the show's first star guest appearance during... Wine time. She plays herself. And by no means is she the only guest star of note in this episode. Ah, there's two relatively big names here. Playing Pete in this episode is David Keckner. Yep. I I mean, where could we start? Saturday Night Live. Uh, He played Champ Kind in both Anchorman movies. And, of course, he was in The Office. He was in The Office. Yeah, I mean, he's done plenty of stuff over the last, like, 15 years. But also in this episode playing Lucy is Wendy McClendon Covey. And you might remember her from Reno 911. Or more recently, you know her as Beverly Goldberg on The Goldbergs. Yep. This is a pretty, pretty, uh, you want to talk about Friends? We have a lot of friends on this episode. Episode 10, Florida. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with me? My name is Florida. Florida. That's the name of a state. After one of Kath's salon clients dies unexpectedly, Phil takes it upon himself to save one of his own customers from an untimely death by introducing him to a healthier lifestyle. Craig goes on a shopping spree with the money expected from his dog's soon-to-be-born purebred puppies, but Kim does not have the heart to tell him that the puppies may be mutts and that he is spending money that he does not have. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah, by the way, the dogs, Rottweilers, play the role of said patron, Linda Porter, known for, let's see, twins, the truth about cats and dogs, Dude, where's my car? And uh, 36 episodes of Superstore, where she played Myrtle. Sadly, no longer with us. And of course, we cannot forget that she was the homeless woman at the Silver Mustang Casino who won the Mega Jackpot thanks to Dougie Jones on Twin Peaks The Return. Thank you, Mr. Jackpot. Thank you, thank you, Mr. Jackpot. Thank you, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. Episode 11, News. Kim decides to pursue a career as a news anchor for a local TV station, and Craig has a mishap with Bill's car, which only gets worse when the police get involved. And uh, playing the receptionist is one Kelly Kirkland, who is going to be in future entry Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad, among other things. Episode 12, Idols. Kath and Kim are in the running to host a dinner for Winona Judd. Yes, that Winona Judd. But they first have to be interviewed by Winona's people. Craig tries to write a hit country song with his friend Derek, 
played by Jay Phillips. This is not his first episode, but we didn't make mention of it just yet. But Jay Phillips, he was in a lot of things. He was a grown folks. Weekends at the DL. He's more of a comedian, but he works a lot with uh, DL Hughley. And he was actually on 113 episodes as one of the writers of The Late Late Show with Craig Kilborn. Oh, yeah. And also Winona Judd is in this episode, too. Don't think we forgot about her. Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned her right there in the description. Mm-hmm. Episode 13, Celebrity. Kath asks Athena for spiritual guidance before auditioning for a community production of Cats. Yes, that Cats. And Kim gets a job at Bill's sandwich shop. And play... Oh, God. You want to talk about a name? I mean, obviously, Maya Rudolph is in this episode, but play the role of Lenore. Are you ready for this? Jennifer Coolidge. A.K.A. Stifler's mom. Oh, okay. Also, in this episode, Celebrity, but also the previous episode, we had a character named Tildy. T-I-L-D-Y. Interesting name. And she was played by Vivian Bang. And since I mentioned it, like anytime this comes up on the podcast, she was... Susan Sullivan on one of my favorite shows of the last decade or so, Sullivan and Son. She was like the bitchy daughter of the uh, the, the owner of the of uh, the Sullivan and Son bar. When you said Susan Sullivan, I thought you were going to talk about Maggie from Falcon Crest. No, 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 no. The, she, she was the daughter, a very bitchy daughter, had a bit of a, an attitude on Sullivan's son back on uh, TBS about a decade or so ago. All right. But now let's forge ahead. Episode 14, competition. Kath searches for her ex, Rusty, after discovering they are still married. Oh, boy. And Kim falls in love with Roller Derby. I can buy that. Roller Derby is fun. We talked yep. about roller derby. Well, we talked about it, sort of. Roller games. Sort of, kind of roller derby. Yeah. It's not not roller derby. Exactly. And it was fun. And it had a giant wall. And it had gators. Go for the wall! But hey, you want to talk about some guests? I see at least three here we need to talk about. Three big names. Playing Rusty in this episode? The X. Ron White! Blue Collar Comedy Tour? Oh, yep. yes. Yeah. You can't fix stupid. Yeah, I mean, he used to do the tour with uh, Larry the Cable Guy and Jack Foxworthy. Yeah, and uh, the, the guy that hosted Lingo. I can't think of his... Uh, Bill Eggvall. Yeah. Yeah, he, he was part of that quartet. But he's not even the biggest name. Nope. Playing Whitney in this episode? Busy Phillips! Yep. She, who was in everything in the last 20 years. No, seriously, she's been everything for the last 20 years. But she's not even the biggest name in the uh, guest list. No, I don't think so. Playing the role of clerk number one of at Nicole Brown. She of community, of course. Definitely community. Been on gosh knows how many uh, game shows over the last like decade. Hosted one of her own on Disney Plus. She was on Celebrity Name Game. I'm pretty sure she's done Pyramid. Wouldn't be surprised if she's done 25 words or less. She's a fan of the games. but yeah, She loves games and we love her. And also, Yvette Nicole Brown, Northeastern Ohioan. She's from the Cleveland area. Oh, nice. Yes. So three big names that episode. 
Yep. Episode 15. Desire. I was waiting for but I guess that's not coming. No, I I was going to do like Desire for Men by Calvin Klein. This is also based on the Money episode aside from obviously Money. Kim embarks on a new business venture but finds her plans hampered when Craig refuses to provide the funding. Also, Phil and Kat plan a romantic evening, but those plans are also quickly spoiled. Episode 16, Bachelorette. Phil and Kat get ready for their bachelor parties while Craig and Derek hire a stripper for Phil's party. In the role of Derek is Jay Phillips, obviously. And, oh gosh. So, playing the role of Cher is noted drag queen Chad Michaels. Oh, but there's one big name that you're missing here. Playing the limo driver of all people. Derek Waters. Oh. He created Drunk History. I can see that. Yeah, he's the guy behind Drunk History and also has played a number of roles on that show. All right, and another name of note is April Bowlby, who you would know is playing Rita Farr, Elastigirl, in Doom Patrol on HBO Max. So yeah, a lot of people on this episode. And now, the last one. Home. Kath asks Bill to move in with her. Kim gets upset when Craig doesn't remember their second date anniversary. I think we gotta put Susan here. Uh oh. Uh oh. Yep. You don't forget anniversaries. Bad. Nope. Bad. No. NG, no good, as you'd say, Chico. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael McDonald is actually in this episode. Of course, that would be the Michael McDonald of Mad TV, not the Michael McDonald of. Uh... Not the Michael McDonald of the Doobie Brothers. Yeah. Was that what you were trying to say, Chico? I just want to talk in this voice a little bit longer. All right, guys, it's going to be a long night of Border Patrol, so I brought along Michael McDonald to help us out. How's he going to help us? He's going to do backup vocals for everything we say. How's he going to know How's what we're saying? Know what we're saying? Is he going to do it for all yes, of us? Is he going to do it for all of us. Yeah, I hired him for the night. Yeah, it costs like two fifty an hour, so don't skip on the conversation. So don't skip on the conversation. That sounds nice. Well, I guess everything's well, back to normal. I guess everything's back to normal. Oh, man, not this guy oh, again. Oh, man, not this guy again. <laughs> Fart! And another name in this episode, Tim Bagley. He played Claude on this episode. But you would know him as Principal Gibbons on The Great North and Wyatt on Call Me Cat. So, yeah, a known entity. So those are all the episodes, and now the question is, what went wrong? That's a good question. The show started off very strong for the pilot. It got 7.46 million viewers. And then it just sort of dropped off to uh, 3.44 for the uh, anti-penultimate episode. But then it just sort of kind of leveled off at the four range. People obviously watched it, but if you look at the uh, sort of reviews, they were not kind at all. We're talking about the cast was wrong, the tone of the show was wrong, the costuming was wrong, and basically ending with uh, someone from the San Francisco Chronicle calling it a contender for the worst remake ever how well also if you take a look at what it went up against tough competition to say the least on abc it went up against we talked about this show actually earlier this episode ugly betty it went up against ugly betty on abc on cbs at least for the debut of the 2008-2009 season in the fall, 
on CBS. Survivor Gabon. You're not getting away from Survivor that easily. Wow. Yeah. And then even on CW, they had Smallville. It was on the, uh, against the second half hour of Smallville. So again, three big shows right there that it was going up against. Yeah. And I have the San Francisco uh, Chronicle review here. It said, there's no humor at all. So there's your first big difference. There are no well-drawn characters either. The American cat and Kim bear almost no resemblance in spirit to their Australian counterparts. There are, however, endless situations, much like those grating Saturday Night Live sketches that seemingly go on painfully forever. The American cat and Kim is unfunny and for prolonged stretches. So it seems like, okay, we watched one episode of Captain Kim. We got the gist of it. Let's write a few episodes. And the thing is, it was smack dab in the middle of a very strong Thursday night lineup on NBC. It came on after My Name is Earl. And this would have been what? About the fourth or maybe the final year of My Name is Earl? Uh-huh. And then after Captain Kim at nine o'clock, was a little show, another, you know, we've talked about this show, uh, again, previously in this episode, The Office. It was, it, it, The Office followed Kath and Kim, and then 9.30 was 30 Rock. And then 10 o'clock was ER. So literally, like, it was the weakest link in the whole night for NBC. But also, after Kath and Kim got canceled, do you know what replaced it? Parks and Recreation? I don't know. Parks and Rec, yeah. Ah. The time slot was no problem. The show itself was the problem. But yeah, the ratings were there for starters. But, I mean, how many times have we talked about a show that starts off really strong and you see that little trickling effect, that sort of downhill effect after the first episode? I mean, we talked about it last week with Life with Lucy. First episode was like the 23rd ranked show for the week. And then the second episode was somewhere in the mid fifties and it just kept on bottoming out from there. Time slot isn't everything. It had a lot of promise. I mean, this is a really stacked cast. I mean, you don't get to where all of these people are right now. If you aren't genuinely talented and these guys were just absolutely talented. And it was stacked with great guest stars. I mean, they got big names for this. You said it was replaced with Parks and Rec. Uh, but how did it do in its native Australia? Because this show actually did air in Australia. I wonder what the reception was down there. Well, I can tell you right now, it did air in mid-2008 on Channel 7 in Australia. But it only aired the pilot in the first episode because, due to popular demand, it was cancelled and replaced with repeats of the original show. But they did get the full show eventually and did late-night slots. Well, I think there's your litmus test. Australians didn't think it compared at all to the original version, if it only got two episodes, at least in its original run. But hey, everybody on the cast went on to bigger and better things. John Michael Higgins is seen every day on America Says. Mikey Day's seen on SNL. Melissa Roush was seen on The Big Bang Theory. Justina Machado was seen on One Day at a Time. Molly Shannon won a Spirit Award for Best Supporting Actress for Other People. And Selma Blair... Well, she did Hellboy. And this show, Kath and Kim, ultimately became just another thing on TV. And after Ben Silverman worked so freaking hard to get it on TV in the first place. Well, I could say this show just did not work well. Mike? Yeah. Anything? Well, what can I say? I can say that we have 244 previous entries 
plus mini sodes and live shows and other special episodes at itwasathingontv.com. Go there, uh, peruse uh, what we've got there. And uh, don't forget, uh, we're also on the socials. Primarily, it was a thing on TV, but Mark Zuckerberg, he doesn't like us. He made us take it was a thing on TV podcast. And uh, don't forget, besides the socials, we're also on YouTube, where if you wanted to subscribe to uh, our channel, just hit subscribe and ring our bell to stay up to date with all our current uploads. But hey, we're in the middle of Lost in Translation Week. Where are we going to translate next? Our next episode has a bit of a complication here. It is the translation of a Japanese show. And on this episode of the American show that was translated from the Japanese show, they're watching a, an American translation of the original Japanese show. My head's spinning after listening to that description. I think I'm going to have to listen to that episode to get the, the full gist of it. But if that's a little confusing to you, also on Thursday, there's going to be two episodes released, believe it or not, because somebody played his money in the bank back in, I think it was October or November, and it's somebody's birthday coming up this week. Someone's got a birthday, I wonder who. Well, Someone's got a birthday. I wonder who. Well, you were back in January, so it can't be you. And mm -hmm. Greg hasn't declared his money in the bank yet. So I wonder who it is. Okay. I'll admit it. It's me. It is you. It, it, it is me. Yes. So if you're lost in the translation of that episode on Thursday that Chico mentioned, there'll be another episode to based on my money in the bank pick. And I did some research, and this would probably translate into a Lost in Translation as well. We'll explain how next time, right here on It Was a Thing on TV. For Mike, for Greg, I'm Chico. Thanks for listening. Please be kind to each other, and we will see you next time. Wow! How dare you defy me! Mentok! The Mind Toker! I'm, uh, uh, Mentok! The Milf Spunker! Oh, I see. Good trick.